0: a good evening and a warm welcome to all witches weirdos goblins and ghouls you are listening to the london horror society podcast this is the podcast where we chat to people working across the genre whether they be established or emerging in front of or behind the camera from first assistant director to final girl without any further ado grab yourself a glass of chianti sit back relax enjoy Welcome back everybody. Huge thank you to everybody who gave our episode last week a listen uh, where we spoke to Vince Knight. This week I am really excited about this conversation that I had with Jed Shepard, co-writer of Host and Dashcam. We get into it big time. We chat all about the production of Host, uh, we chat about British horror in general um, and how he came up with a couple of ideas which I think might surprise you. Uh, I won't give it away too much, but, um, you know, as ever, all the relevant links that you need are in the show notes below. Uh, and let's just jump into it. Here is my conversation with Jed Shepard. Jed Shepard, are you a witch, widow, goblin, or a ghoul?
1: Oh... I think I have more of an affinity to witches, I would say. Um, I just feel like they like to kind of be solitary and, and, and get up to supernatural things under the cover of darkness and only really come out when forced. So that's that's pretty much me. I I, I won't go out unless someone forces me to. So I think I'm a witch.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's um, interesting that you put it that way. Yeah, I, um... I don't even know what a goblin would do. What does a goblin
1: do just... Exist in holes and things.
0: Mm, yeah, that's that's me. You say kind of being solitary and I and I kind of likened that to, you know, being the writer and stuff, but you do write with um Gemma Hurley and Rob Savage as well, is that right? Yeah.
1: I have done, yes, yes. Yeah. The things that people know me for uh, have been with mm-hmm. them too, yeah.
0: What's um yeah, how how did the that writing, writing partnership come about? Um
1: well I've known Rob since I think two thousand and ten. And I found him on. Um, a, I think I think he was a he was a teenager at that point. Uh, found him on Twitter. He posted a one minute uh, comedy video that he entered for a competition, and uh, it, it had like one retweet and two likes. And somehow it came across my feed. It said this is like early days of Twitter as well. Yeah. And I watched it, and I was just like, oh, this this guy's definitely got something. And in in those days, I think at the end of all your tweets, it told you where you lived. It told you where you were like at at the end of the Mm. tweet. So I saw where he lived. It was South London. And I was like, oh, I'm in South London. I'll reach out to this guy. I want to start making films, basically. Mm. So And I'd always written stuff, but never made anything. So me and him met up for uh, maybe like a month later, met up for a pint. And that's basically been how we do things from that point onwards. In the first conversation I ever had with him, I said um, I've got an idea for a film that's called Dawn of the Deaf, which a few years later we made into a short that mm. um, basically kickstarted everything after that. So I've known Rob for a long time now. We've been—he'd been searched for someone who was, you know, into horror and can, can write. So uh, we just made a really good pairing. And, and like South London people sit together as well. Mm. Um, Je- uh, Gemma was a little bit different because at the start of lockdown, like two weeks into lockdown um we had this whatsapp group that i started called the Qu- quarantine movie club And the yeah. quarantine movie club is a uh a whatsapp group just with a bunch of mates there were, there are about 17 of us in this group and we'd been w- watching films every every day on on you know like Net- netflix party it was called at the time yeah uh and, you know, just to keep us busy in lockdown but then we ran out of films to watch. I think we watched Ghost two times, and I think we watched uh, Dirty Dancing three times. We went through a Patrick Swayze phase, basically. Mm. And then we just decided to make make a film just with everyone that was in the WhatsApp group. So there was the producer, the uh, VFX guy, the director, Rob, me, all the actors, all from this small WhatsApp group. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, but then Rob hadn't met or had had a meeting, maybe a Zoom meeting or some kind of Skype meeting, with Gemma on for another project, and he suggested her for this one. He was just like, "She's she's really good. This is a a film with five female leads. Much as we'd like to think that we know uh, where the greatest are writing women, there's never a, a better person to write women than a woman." Um, and I met Gemma, and instantly I was like okay she's a kindred spirit She is great talented and yeah just together over the course of maybe a week we we wrote hosts and it just started from rob made a um he made a video um a, a, basically a prank video for our friends I don't know if you ever saw it but he put it on twitter this prank video starring everyone who's who's in hosts, basically including me and um it went viral. It got seen by seven, seventeen million people across wow. the internet, and then everyone started coming calling and said, "Okay, so really liked your short. Well, when are you going to make the feature?" And we were like, "What short?" Because the, the prank video was literally it wasn't a, meant to be a film or anything. Yeah. So Rob calls me and he's like, "Okay, everyone's wanting us to make a film. Do you have any ideas?" And I was just and I was just like, "Uh, no. Like, let, let me sleep on it." So at four thirty in the morning, I text him, Zoom seance. That's it. and I went to sleep and then the very next day he pitched that uh around and we got a little bit of money to make it um
0: mm.
1: yeah and all we had was zoom seance we were going to use our friends uh and yeah it was going to be on zoom that that's all we had
0: yeah it's it's so refreshing to hear about twitter being a force for good and productivity mm. um which we're not hearing an awful lot of these days Do you know what no, I mean but it's an absolute madhouse out there yeah
1: I posted the dog video two days ago and it got three three and a half million views i'm just like so is this what i have to do like i've been posting horror stuff for
0: the last <laughs> 10 years i
1: post one dog video and it breaks all records that i've ever had
0: yeah yeah, yeah. nuts so, um did you have you ever thought about like god what if i hadn't seen that tweet what if we'd never gone for that pint i mean it doesn't really bear thing. i mean
1: i think what would have happened yeah host wouldn't exist mm. Dashcam wouldn't exist um maybe my entire career wouldn't exist and and mm. Rob's too um but you know these things are these things are just you know fated that i i think um potentially i would have tried to make dawn of the Death myself and maybe it would have gone in a similar direction but i think yeah. it's the team together that the the exact team that we had including the amazing actors our producer Doug um Gemma like it, all of us together we that's what made um
0: host
1: and yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it it was lucky i found him lucky he made that one minute comedy short
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think that speaks to kind of the importance of just like even if you've just got like a little idea just make it just yeah. go for it Do you know what i mean because it could be fun you never know what's going to happen and
1: yeah you, you don't know, know what's got, what's going to lead to, and that's why I'm a big fan of making shorts. Because mm. you might think in the time, okay, this is pointless, this is going nowhere. Who wants to watch shorts? But I'm the biggest fan of shorts. They will like it's it's a proof that you can make something through to yeah. the end, and you know you can use that as a proof of concept for a feature. And it's a lot easier to go into a meeting and and pitch a film if you've got if you she can show a little bit of it. It'd be like, yeah, Look, yeah. This is basically the idea. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah, I did, don't uh, hang around. No, I, d- I did want to uh, just talk to you about Salt briefly. Um, oh, nice, nice. Uh, in, m- in my opinion, it is an absolutely perfect short film. It's got a beginning, <laughs> a middle, and an end. You understand yeah. the concept, like, not in that very first sequence, but in the second sequence, it all kind of snaps into place with no, like, expositional dialogue or anything like that. Yeah. Don't um, need it. No, and it's, um, and it it's just, it's fantastic, and Thanks so. Yeah, I I just watched I, I watched it and I was like, it's just a fucking good short. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it just yeah. does everything like it should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the ending because it's kind of <laughs> sometimes when I'm when I'm writing, um, you know, I try and think to myself, like, what's the worst thing that can happen for this character in this moment in time? Um, and obviously I won't give the game away for anybody mm-hmm. who hasn't seen it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, stop listening to this and go go watch it now because it's <laughs> yeah. only two minutes. But um, but yeah, no, just uh, fantastic.
1: That's the infamous Jed and Rob ending. You'll notice and you'll see this now. I'm saying it. Every single thing we do has that ending. Like it's mm. it's basically, I'm a big fan of ending on a question mark. Yeah. Because if, it, if it's too final, no one will want to see anything more. If you end on a question mark, everyone's just like, okay, what are they doing? What's next? What's yeah, next yeah. in this film? What's next for these filmmakers? So it's yeah. a little psychological trick we we kind of play, but yeah. like, but I, I completely agree. Like salt, might I think salt might be the favorite thing like we've ever made, like over even host, because it's so simple and um, straightforward, yeah. and it proves you don't need a backstory. We just drop you into the middle of the situation, yeah. And you're figuring it out as you as you, mm. as you go along, and you've only got two minutes to do so. And yeah, again, we made it for very cheap, and um, yeah starring the lovely Alice Lowe and it, again it was just a an idea I had a um Sundance uh we went to Sundance with Dawn of the Death and me and Rob got lost in the mountains we, this is a, honestly a true story at four three four in the morning we we found ourselves lost in the mountains and it was like minus 15 degrees out there and we didn't have very many clothes on and Jeez. no joke I was I was fading I was I was already sick and we, we couldn't see a building for like miles we were just stuck in the mountains. So, like, Rob, I think he could see that I was like, this is about a real bad situation, and they don't tell you that when you go to Sundance. You could, you could, you could, something bad can happen out there if, if you just wander yeah. away from the main thing, and you're in the mountains.
0: This is in Colorado, isn't it?
1: It's in, um, no, it's not. It's in um, um, Utah. Oh Park, right, Park yeah, City, yeah. Utah, next to Salt Lake City. And he basically to keep me from like, you know, potentially going unconscious because I I was sick. And it was cold, really cold. Um, and I was like losing my mind. So he was like, okay, let's come up with, with film ideas. And he was he was just like, okay, let, let's think of a siege movie. And I was like, okay, a siege movie inside a salt circle. And he was like, okay, then what happens? It's the mum protecting her daughter from something that wants to get into the salt circle. I don't know, some kind of demon. Basically started like that. And then we made it a few months later. And um, yeah it's uh it's as quick as that really (laughs) yeah yeah i was delirious at the time i wish i could come up with more ideas like salt and i've tried to and actually disney used salt as an example to other filmmakers of how to make a short and um yeah yeah that's good so (laughs)
0: that's gotta be pretty cool to know
1: yeah yeah i mean they actually own salt so that's probably one of the reasons why they say they, they own it um so uh yeah, so Alice Lowe was a Disney princess.
0: Yeah, is- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and the actor's name escapes me who pl- who plays the demon, but I think he- James Swanton. Yeah, yeah, he was in a film called Walking Against the Rain, which um, mm-hmm. our co-producer on this podcast, Chris, uh, produced. Um, amazing so amazing. yeah it was nice kind of going through the imdb um yeah. cast so was,
1: scott scott L- lias, lias scott, yeah 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 lias. but no like, james is in everything james is in host james is in mm. dashcam uh james is in other things that are coming out yeah yeah um, oh
0: cool good to know yeah <laughs> uh, but no he's really good he's just got a really good like kinetic kind of um uh yeah presence he's pretty good um, he's
1: he's just a lovely guy mm. he is so knowledgeable about horror as
0: well so mm. he's just a good guy to have around like he's yeah absolutely yeah. great yeah i yeah the, everyone expected he said he was like super nice to work with yeah um, so yeah brilliant um I, i'm just going to jump back to the uh to the writing of host and yeah uh, dash cam if i may so of course yeah um, thanks for kind of giving me a bit of background on how it came about, but I'm <laughs> always curious about um, partnerships, particularly with three people. It's not uncommon to have maybe two writers or two directors or something like that. But yeah, um, you know, h- how does it work with three people? Is there kind of do you kind of you know you've got you divvy up scenes and then you kind of take different bits, or you do a pass and then it goes out to other people to be tuned, or
1: um, how it worked for us and again I don't think we're, we are the template by any um, way you look at it I think we were just making up the rules as we went along so we we wrote a host obviously on Zoom and we wrote it in Google Docs and right. we wrote it with, instead, of, instead of a normal like uh, instead a final draft or something mm. we're in Google Docs because final draft's collaboration feature was terrible and that was when it was final draft 11 um, yeah. so it's final draft 12 now and it, it, was, it was just unusable. Final draft eleven. So um, yeah, we did it in Google Docs, and it was uh, first of all, me and Rob had already come up with all of the kills mm-hmm. and all of the foreshadowing to get to the kills and and the order of the kills, basically. Yeah. And I had Emma text me, Jed, don't let me die first, don't let me die first. <laughs> so that's why that's why the host <laughs> Emma like almost dies like about five times. She has like the the longest sequence. Yeah, because yeah. She kept on texting. Okay, make me last a little bit longer. So it was it was basically just three people on on Zoom, just kind of pitching each other ideas and whatever we thought the coolest one was that that goes in. And um, it was very straightforward, very quick because we'd already told Shudder that we wanted it out within twelve weeks. So it was twelve weeks from conception to the day it was released. Wow. Um. Yeah, because we wanted. Because remember, like. Uh, bojo said we were coming out of lockdown on august 1st so we said to um shudder we this needs to be out by july 31st because yeah. we wanted it to be a lockdown thing sure so it was a real real rush and um credit to the editor credit to rob credit to our producer for and everyone who worked on it for getting it all the post done in time yeah um and it was really our editor that found the film. Uh, our editor Brenner, he found the film in all of the the craziness. Yeah. um But yeah, it it was just you know a bunch of people with a bunch of interesting ideas, just slapping it onto a Google Doc, not knowing what we had. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just having fun because we just didn't think anyone would watch it. We we had we had no concept that anyone would watch it. Even the day before we were just like, okay, there's there's no poster, there's no trailer. This will just drop on shutter and just disappear and yeah. And we, we can we'll we'll link this though. We'll we'll link it to people so they'll watch it. But yeah, then it just went weird, went the other way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm curious as to the um uh, the production process as well because <laughs> it's you know obviously you're not I, I would imagine we're not using like, you know, Ari Alexa's and all that kind of thing like set up on people's is, that, is it all actual webcams or is it kind of cameras set up to look like webcams or you don't have to answer that
1: it's all iphones okay so um so rob was using as a reference to zoom so everyone really was on zoom yeah but everyone got sent iphones that was taped to the back back of their computers with a camera poking over the top right so it was like they're looking into that's why and emma put hers on wrong that's why a lot of the times emma is like this just like right. she has positioned her, her her camera properly um but yeah so it was all done on the phone on yeah. phones and then every day they uh the actors uploaded it to um uh to the cloud yeah and uh yeah they they just did all this up themselves their their set design which was their real houses everyone used their real name their real houses hmm. it, the real friendship group dynamics everything is as you see it it's it's the the
0: truth basically yeah i guess like that's yeah, that must be super cool knowing that you can, you know, kind of have that group of people to go, it's gonna be a bit out there and it, it's gonna be a yeah, bit, but go with it. Trust me. Do you know what I mean? Like
1: they it, implicitly trust us, like because we'd we'd use them for for short films like Hayley Redina, Caroline were all in Dawn of the Deaf. Uh Emma and Gemma were in my short called Multiplex, which actually like just before the pandemic, it was meant to come out, but the pandemic stopped it. So I actually might put it out very, very soon. Oh, cool. Um, a completely new film with all the, the ladies from Host uh, that was made before Host. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting see the reaction to that. Um, but that's um, that's where Gemma came into the mix. Uh, but they'd all gone to school together, except for Emma. Emma was the, the newest to the group, and I, I brought her into the into the friendship group but uh, most of them had known each other for like 10 years because they went to school together and um, oh, cool. so the friendship
0: dynamic is real yeah yeah because that, that that stuff's really hard to fake particularly when you can't yeah <laughs> you know it's it's one thing to have a one-on-one uh scene or something like that but when you've kind of got five people talking over each other do you know what i mean they've all kind yep. of got their their corner of the dynamic so to speak um so yeah, yeah, I can imagine that that helps. Like did you have any rehearsal time to kind of get into any of like at the the flow of it at all or Yeah, I mean, uh
1: one of the things that me, Robin and and Gemma Hurley did was we cuz Gemma hadn't met the ladies in person at all for the longest time, so we had to introduce her to the group uh via Zoom. Right. Um just so she could and and we we did a few séances real séances on zoom with real psychics to um so we could see how the ladies react in in real situations right. and also so we could see how a a, a zoom an internet psychic works because we right. didn't know so um all the stuff that Salem does in host is taken mostly from i think there was one main psychic that we used um as a as a reference before host um but yeah and then I don't know. I think we've done like twenty séances now. Like all, all in all, like before the film, during the film, and afterwards. Um,
0: I don't know if I could do that. Well, the <laughs> funny thing is, the
1: the, the 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 cast they weren't told that Salen was an actor. They thought she was a real psychic. Really? really cause, yeah, because we told them that she was a psychic we just hired a psychic because they knew everything was everything was real they were real friends so we just said this psychic's real so they yeah. had to go through an entire seance process from starting it to finishing it every single day right um and so yeah so and like robin and our producer doug made them you know there was with any found footage film there's rehearsal 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 yeah yeah um, then there's take 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 do it again do it again do it again um until the best takes done and then do you you know robin and the editor gets together and, and and picks the best bits
0: yeah No, great so we're obviously with the kind of uh protracted uh timeline because no- normally you'd hope for a lot longer than 12 weeks on a uh on a features you know what i mean but um mm-hmm. you know were you kind of editing uh as, as you go like were you kind of getting the rushes up and then that, that was was that being like kind of cut or prepped the next day or
1: yeah, I mean, Rob, Rob had worked with our editor, Brenna, Brenna Rangot, a uh, lovely Australian lady. Um, uh, Rob had worked with her before when he did some TV work. So, like, he knew that she was tip-top. And, yeah, um, yeah all credit to Brenna, because, you know, with any film, like, the third, or, like, the third part of it is is editing. And she's she's as much as a writer on this. She should really get a writing credit, because she is the one that kind of found the the best version of everything that 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 yeah. was shot and the best version of the dialogue the best version of everything mm. and um mm. and yeah but yeah she's priceless yeah. um and yeah and Rob's a good director as well so you know he he mm. made sure that um uh everything was was in shape
0: yeah I mean I do have to say the way it's cut together is fantastic as well just because there's just those long lingering moments and you're just holding your breath and you just like, you can kind of almost hear your own heartbeat. Do you know what I mean? And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on? I don't know where to look like I'm trying to figure out what, do you know what I mean? It's, it causes this really, really interesting kind of feeling of panic in a way. Do you know what I mean? Because even for us, honestly, yeah. even for us, it does. Yeah. Cause you know, you're waiting for something to go on, but when there's like five, six bubbles to look at yeah, and you're just hanging there. Do you know what I mean? It's like they're they're fucking with me, man. Do you know? What yeah. I mean? Oh, we we used fucking... every
1: trick in the book, man. We use because obviously, as as you may know, like like me and Rob just. I, I think of myself as a horror fan first before sure. filmmaker always. Like that, I, I I wake up and I think about horror movies, and like I I always try and think, okay, how many horror movies can can I watch today? And not get in trouble for not doing any work. <laughs> that that's my that is my thing every single day. So like I, I have like a jukebox of, of like horror movies in my head that I that I go through and so is Rob. So mm. he's one of the few people on this planet that I can have a talk with him and I don't have to dumb down my horror film knowledge to. Sure. Cause like I'm just like, hey, maybe we should use this this bit from this bar of the film. Maybe we should use this this bit from this like random Herzog horror film from the 60s, yeah. etc like can he will he will know, and um we have a shorthand, so it was very easy to work as a partnership, and that's why I think all of our short films like just just popped off and and yeah, and like our our feature films too just we know we know the genre so well, so we know what's come before, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so we can do what what's next,
0: yeah, no that makes sense, like what um could I ask like what kind of mind frame are you in? When you're kind of trying to write I, that might be a bit of a um, hmm. wanky question, but um oh, no no no, but you know thinking about things in terms of like because you're a very i would say economical writer in that um and I think that's a really really good thing like because mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't, and yeah. you know people's scripts first script might be, and then a jet comes on the motorway and it fucking shoots everything, and all the zombies fall out and blah 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 you no know <laughs> I mean this. It's just not, it's not going to happen. No. You know, unless you've got like Brad Pitt money, which, you know, he's going to get that? Not quite yet, yeah. No. Um, But, you know, is that something that you kind of have in mind when you're writing? Um, I never really think of budgets when I'm writing. That's for
1: the producer to the main producer to think Mm. about. But I mean, I do have in mind that we can't do certain things. Sure. if if you go into something knowing it's found footage, you know the budget's probably quite tight anyway. um So, but other th- other things that I, I'm doing potentially have have a bigger budget. This thing that I've just done that I can't talk about just yet is it has a bigger budget than than most things I've been involved with. Sure. So I could think a little bit bigger, mm. but but you know it just comes down to the stories that you want to tell, like. I, I'm never, my mindset is never looking at what other people are doing. Like right now, I'm guessing a lot of people are looking to find the next smile or the next Barbarian sure. or the next Megan. That doesn't cross my mind a, a single time. Yeah. Because um, by the time you get everything together, and make that film, that phase would pass. Yeah. You just got, you've just got to write what, because you know, on the aftermath of host, there's been so many uh, found footage movies that have come, come out that are similar to host. Sure. And, it's almost like that time's passed, yeah, you yeah. can't really do it um but yeah i am I'm, I'm really just thinking about um the the next well what's gonna keep me interested and and the things I'm interested in right now, and yeah, my interest is classic british horror like I, I love classic British horror, I love like the amicus movies and the hammer movies and um things like that when we were the number one country for horror, yeah, and we we lost that somewhere in the eighties and we and the r uh, cousins over in america have have got the the mantle now so i'm trying my best to wrangle it away from them so we can be number one again
0: yeah well i think um you know you've built up some you've definitely built up some momentum for british horror um hope so (laughs) and uh yeah you know it's it's something that we do talk about a lot um you know kind of putting britain back on the map and i know Mm -hmm. i know that there's um i think it's there's a i don't know if you know of Laurie brewster uh on twitter yeah he's uh, kind of his ambition is to get like a brick and mortar studio going kind of um, you know similar to Amicus and uh, yeah you know, Ham- I mean I think that's oh. the
1: ambition for every British horror production company yeah. like, so, to emulate what Amicus and Ham- it's so hard though it's, mm. it's really really hard um, and he's up in Scotland right like, yeah it's even harder in Scotland yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean good good luck to everyone. I I think what the the first thing we need is to build the infrastructure. Yeah. Um which you don't need a bricks and Mortar place for that. You need the infrastructure. You need dedicated people with um a realistic line into to the money because yeah. we in the UK we just there is no money to make horror like no. it's, it's the last thing last thing they'll give you money for. Yeah. All of the, all of the places that have the money or they, as soon as they see it's horror, they just think it's not art. Um, So they do not give it to us. So, you know, I know that if I want to make a horror film, and I always do, I have to go to America. Yeah. you know, it's, it's blatant to see that horror makes the most money at, at the box office. It's just every day, there's, this horror has crossed the hundred million mark. Yeah, you don't see this costume dramas now, now crossed the hundred no, million mark. It doesn't no. happen. So, well, I mean, our, look at um, industry is not going to be successful unless we we tap into what's popular.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at uh, *Skinner Rink* for example, um, mm-hmm. fifteen grand budget, and it's yeah, it's well past a million dollars. Um, mm-hmm. It's great, and people are screaming for it. They're, they're like, you know, it's got a release because it had that buzz online. Mm. People are going to see it and they're going, oh, should we do a wider release for this? Yes. Get, yes. Give it that the... Do sense, you know right? what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, people actually like this stuff. Yes. Give us the weird shit, bro. Like fucking, yeah. let's have it. Like, and I, I think, you know, I think Terrifier 2 last year is a bit of a... Um, I think the controversy did a lot of the heavy lifting surrounding all people (laughs) are passing out and, you know, regardless of how anyone feels about uh, the terrify films, I personally enjoy them and stuff, but um, (laughs)
1: yeah, my, my friend, Steve's a producer on, 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 on terrify too as well. So yeah, uh, I'm so, I'm so happy for, for him as well, just because before that, he was going through quite a hard time, and then Terrify two came along and became like this box office juggernaut, yeah, like a, like a gory horror movie. So it's really great, and yeah, my also I've got another friend who's a producer on Skinner and So you know, there's there's like minded people out there who are trying to make interesting, weird horror yeah. movies, and, and there's an audience for it as well, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I th- I think that's the interesting thing. Like, and I, I just want to jump back to what you were saying earlier about host is. You kind of thought that it was just gonna maybe live on Shudder, maybe a couple of people see it. You ping the link out to a few friends, yeah. and I imagine that was probably the same case for Skinmarink, uh, mm-hmm. probably Terrifier too as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it found, you know, they they kind of found these um, or audiences found those films, I should say, rather than they found <laughs> the audience. But um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if I think a lot of people, when they're in uh, pre production or they're writing or something like that, it's, you know, uh, this has got to be a film festival movie. This is, yeah, awards for this movie. Do you know what I mean? To get myself from a...
1: that is the wrong mindset.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And I find mm-hmm. that if you just make something good, the rest will come. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Make
1: um, yeah. something that you're proud of that you'd want to watch yourself. Cause, like, you know, you, me, everyone we know are horror mo- movies. We want to make things that we want to see it because if we want to see it, then it's likely other people want to see it too. Yeah, Like, yeah, that's why it's, it's, it's great that skin mirroring does really well because even though that may be a little bit out there for a lot of people, it moves the dial in our direction. It brings a potential new audience in, in, into the horror sphere, which, um, which I think like hosted as well, because I think we don't have many kind of crossover movies and, Host was a movie from my experience that a lot of people who didn't watch horror watched and like everyone's mum and dad and, and the kids watched, watched Host which, yeah. which was great
0: um, yeah nuts just to jump back to Host uh, you know talking yeah. about the kills and the stunts and stuff like that and you, you had them all planned out yeah I think the really interesting one and spoiler alert if for some reason you haven't seen this yet um, my favourite one is probably the swimming pool um oh wow okay and i'll tell you why because you know with you've got the cupboards the doors slamming the ch- uh the chair sliding back and all that kind of stuff and you know the scope very much fits within uh what the film is if that makes sense and then the the swimming pool one that kind of just ele- took it to another level do you know what i mean literally elevates it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you know and, and yeah i thought that was really interesting like what uh what what's your kind of mindset or, or your thought process behind some of the um you know the demise of the characters
1: for that one in particular um so rob knows this everyone who knows me knows this there's two things that i love the most that's levitation and fire so like that was a levitation bit yeah and um <coughs> what me and rob wanted to do was because obviously we've seen every Found for film member we know everything, yeah, all the all the beats. We have never seen something like that before. Yeah and, and you see how it's all in like one shot as yeah. well. It's like the camera doesn't like no. edit away or anything. It's all one shot running out, looking up, floating above the swimming pool, neck crack, into the pool. Yeah. How was that done? How that's... was that done in COVID as well? Exactly. In COVID. So that's a shot that we wanted so hard. yeah and like um I'm pretty it was either me and rob together or it was me who came up with that um i would say it was me because it's levitation <laughs> but like i was like this is so important that we have this because we need to we need to make people surprised about what we've achieved here there's, mm. and there's in dash cameras, as well there's things like that as well we this that we need to show what we can do this is our first feature film we, we need to do more than anyone else has done yeah. especially from the uk before so we have a stunt team that we that we used in Salt uh, yeah. Lucky Thirteen. They're called, and um, our friend Nathaniel is the guy that runs it. And you know, in in lockdown, it was very difficult to get any anything done. We weren't you weren't allowed to have people in your house for the longest time. Yeah, so we had to do that stunt. Obviously, it's outside, and it's mm. outside for a reason because that's the only place we were allowed yeah. to do it. Um, but and we also had to do it above water because we wanted to show you there's, there's nothing holding this person up yeah, yeah. You're above water. Yeah. So it, it's, it's like a, like a David Copperfield magic trick. Yeah. Um, But obviously it was done with, with a rig. It was done with a rig mm. and, um, and yeah, a number of people holding ropes and things like that. But, um, yeah. And just a great stunt person, Anna, who, um, is our regular kind of female stunt person. And, uh, yeah, it, it just, it looks really, really impressive. It does. And, uh, yeah, but all, all, all those kills, I, I think we came up with every single one of them within thirty minutes, like nice. we did. Just 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 talking, just be like, okay, okay, Caroline's going to be killed like this. Emma's mm. going to be killed like this. Reddin's going to be killed like this. Just like bang, 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 bang. Yeah, and then we 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 didn't veer from that. We didn't change it a, a single bit. Mm. Uh, besides Emma, we had to extend, extend, extend <laughs> because she was she was uh, texting me all the time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but like my like i think caroline's caroline's one is is my favorite just because of the subtlety of it like the 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 background we foreshadow like the background stuff and also at the very start of host her face is covered in like a mud mud pack that perfectly emulates what her face looks like at the end but by the way all of the girls deaths are foreshadowed in the first five minutes like stuff they say stuff they do tell they tell you how they're gonna die and like we were just go back. Oh, this is so clever. Like, but we were just thinking, okay, only, uh, only we will watch this movie. So we can do things like that. We yeah. can try these things out. Um, so, so yeah. So I think Caroline's one of my favorite, uh, cause it's like shocking. Um, I like, I like, I like the whole MS sequence as well with the, with the, the mask turning, the mask filter turning.
0: Oh God. Um, yeah. Which was... is,
1: yeah. That's probably the most iconic shot of host. I think is, is the mask bit that and happy speakies.
0: Um, it's, it's it's weird. It's things like that that get me more than like a jump scare <laughs> or something like that. Just someone's face saying like, what? Get the-
1: "Yeah." There, I mean, there's a there's a whole there's an art to like jump scares, and yeah, yeah. I'm always a thing like they have to be earned. Mm-hmm. So we actually planted the seed for that like about five times throughout the throughout Hugs until her, that moment with there, the mask yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and. um so so yeah and then obviously that's happened to people on, on their phones and and on on zoom so yeah yeah i mean we were a couple of weeks into using zoom so we we'd seen we'd seen every glitch that can happen yeah um so yeah it was a very organic process to do all those kills like we didn't second guess ourselves because we didn't have time to
0: yeah no for sure yeah i guess um yeah the one with the background really got me because it looked like um this the same kind of physical violence as like a car crash or something do you know what i mean (laughs) like that kind of that velocity and like her being like winded and trying to catch up you know going like help me like like barely squeaking out help me do you know what i mean
1: and all the gobbledygook on the keyboard as well coming through through the
0: chat as well yeah just yeah just the chaos and the confusion it's just like I think that's one of the one of the things that I really like about hosts as well is there's some very creative kills in there, but it's also the kind of feeling that each one has because they're all quite different. Yeah. Um, because with the swimming pool one, I do remember saying out loud, "Oh fuck," um, <laughs> and you know the one with the uh, with the background, it was more like kind of difficult to watch it in a way because it was like oh god like this poor woman do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um yeah. so so yeah it's really really interesting like you know and you do all that in an hour as well yeah 56 minutes yeah nuts was the plan for it always to be an hour to fit within the kind of free zoom call time
1: yeah yeah it, it was it was the zoom limit that that was always the way and again these are just like little Fun stupid jokes that me and Rob just think of. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if like it was just the length of a Zoom call? Yeah, and we didn't realize like how iconic that would end up, and and also how much of a problem that would be uh, if it went to the cinemas. We had obviously no view that it would ever go into cinemas, sure. and 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 then a film being fifty six minutes obviously caused problems with cinemas, right? Uh, just because they've they've never done that before, mm. and in fact, initially when it started to gain popularity we were like, oh, maybe we'll go into cinemas. And all of them were just like, no, 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 it's 56 minutes. You can't do that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when it blew up, blew up, then they were like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. We never had that rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's, let's, do, let's do a two-week run. Let's, let's yeah. play it five times a day. <laughs>
0: um, that's funny. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Come crawling back. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can oh, make yeah. money. We can make money. I'll be your best friends. <laughs> oh, that's
1: so funny. In, in fact, in fact, people that we've gone gone to for money before, um, and who've rejected us, they were begging us to come and play out there at their building, basically. Yeah. Uh, which which we did because it's it's a great place. But I always just think, how about funding horror films in the first place? Yeah. And then you could have your pick. Don't don't get on jump on board after it's already successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound. Um, what's the what's the am looking for? like pessimistic or anything like that. But I kind of yeah. feel like I've kind of felt like I need to kind of get out of my head that there's any possibility that anything I do might get funded. You know, I feel like the safest <laughs> thing to do is to just, just go and make it protect yourself. Yeah. 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 Thing is there, like, I mean, I, I
1: don't, I don't have a secret plan because obviously like, I I str- I struck before host, like me and Rob could not get anything funded. Yeah. Like we just couldn't. Like, in fact, all of the all of the shorts besides Salt, that's Salt's the only one that was funded by a, a proper company. The others were just like moneying our money and yeah. credit cards. And um in the UK there is no infrastructure about it, so that's why I think a bricks and mortar hamster type studio is almost pointless until the money is here. The money needs to be here or the people who have the money need to be um, a bit more, you know, understanding when it comes to like genre things and Mm. that it can can be art as well. Like if you look at the stuff A24 produces, it's art. Why can't we have an A24 here? Um, Every now and again, I hear someone's going to make the the British Blumhouse. No, you're not. You're not. Because like, if you've got that much money to to, to consistently make movies, yeah. you will fall into the trap of making um, costume dramas or poverty porn, which is all we produce in in, in the UK, yeah. unfortunately. And all of these amazingly talented British horror filmmakers that we have, and we have loads of talented British horror filmmakers who absolutely love the genre, never given the chance. So they, they make a short and it kind of disappears and then they just give up hope. Um Whereas if we were a bit like more like America or mm. France or Spain or anywhere in Asia, there's there's money for these things. Yeah. like it's it's tragic, and that that's why I I hope that one of the legacies of Host is that we'll tell the world, hey, there are some people here who really do know the genre yeah. who can make things that cross over.
0: Yeah.
1: and give people chances. I've got a lot of horror filmmakers uh, friends here who. They just need to be given the opportunity um, like you get in other countries mm. and they'll produce amazing things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's insane. Even even with the London Horror Society, like, I, you know, I won't say exact numbers, but well, the amount of people who are kind of, you know, cleaned up members and stuff like that is crazy. They're mm-hmm. all just, everyone's just dying to make stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not even really. We don't, look, we don't get into horror to make money, do we? Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, we, we get into it to make stuff. Yeah yeah you know i I think that gradually we i i hope that we're gonna be moving in the right direction and i think you know um big thanks in part to uh the work of yourself uh Gemma and rob um but i i think like britain uh particularly has got this kind of like clutching of pearls the anything like you know that isn't like a period piece or something like that do you know what i mean or yeah. or whatever um the the kind of the ones with the purse strings don't really tend to want to want to vouch for horror.
1: No, I think it's because they they want they want the accolades, they want the the biffers and the baftas and, yeah. the, and the oscars and the emmys, where so they think horror can't give that to them, but it can. Yeah, it, like you just got to find the right ones. You can, and that's why like I, I'm on I'm on the juries and the panels for some of these things yeah. now because I forced my way in by by moaning about horror not being represented. So like hopefully you'll see more horror sneak through because like i am you know shouting its cause like every chance i get like in in these
0: meetings and in these on Mm. these juries what what can we do in the meantime into as, as horror filmmakers and horror fans like what what do you need from us to kind of make that more a more expedited process and you know make it easier for you and just kind of keep the ball rolling.
1: We need collectively in the UK to support each other. We, and honestly, I'll be completely honest here, like people think there are limited resources in the UK to make horror. And that is absolutely true. So they're right to be, to like, we're fighting over scraps over here, basically. That's what we're doing. So a lot of people aren't supporting the next filmmaker along because they think they're going to take their place. But what we need to do is show the world Like we have amazing resources here. We have in America, they've got hundreds of years of history. We've got thousands of years of history that we can draw upon to make horror films. So all we need to do is support each other. We need some kind of database infrastructure where we can all get get together um, and not just at Fright Fest, not just at one-off things in Sheffield, all the time, every year where we can just kind of get together, have meetings, have panels where we can discuss what's going on with UK horror and share resources, share talent, share actors, um, have masterclasses have, um, yeah. And I'd love to do stuff like that. I'd love to like, just do it because zoom masterclass for what I know of yeah. how to get films made and get the Americans convinced that you can make stuff. Um, because, there, we don't have that. We we Anytime a filmmaker in the UK makes it big, they run off to America and they stay there yeah. and they make American movies. Yeah. Well, I'm staying right here. I'm staying right here and I'm making British movies, British horror movies, because we need to represent all of the horrific things that have happened here, all the amazing mythology that we've got here. Yeah. Um, And yeah, and there are hundreds and thousands of us out here doing it. It's just at the moment, like it's there's very few people who are kind of, you know, making headlines and 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 get interviewed because mm. um yeah the resources and and the, the network isn't there but yeah we just need a better network and what you're doing at london horror society is is very very positive and pushing in the right direction and i think organizations like yours could maybe do with with some coming in with some financial help mm. and coming in and giving you a bunch of money so you can expand that yeah into like into like real life meetings real life sessions uh panels um conventions festivals and things where you know there could be because like fright fest it's just like yeah once a year i guess halloween as well and then once in 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 scotland and there needs to be more than that Mm. like there needs to be more than that that
0: yeah yeah no i agree i mean there are like pockets of really really small ones but um you know they're because they're quite small and don't get me wrong, love them, love, love and love the organizers for putting them on because it's like, it's the same with yep. making films. It's, it all comes from a place of just love for the genre. Do you know what I mean? Um, yep. but you know, it's, it's quite difficult. Like I can't really necessarily afford to go to dead Northern, but I can afford to go to Romford In uh, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Cause I'm not too far from there. Um, yep. Yep. but yeah, I agree. Like being better connected is probably a good thing. And, you know, um, this is no way a, a plug for, for LHS or anything like that. But, you know, that is the one thing that we're kind of trying to do this year. And that mm-hmm. is our big focus is just like, how do we kind of connect more people? Um, how do we make it more more valuable, more useful? And, you know, a lot of that is, yeah, trying to do in-person uh, training. Uh, so kind of get a pe- get people uh, with some hands-on experience with their camera, uh, with a camera and stuff. That's great like idea, yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of we just want to be able to give people like the um an area where they can fuck up and try things out and stuff like that because it's like you know I, i've been a i like that that's good well yeah I, I i've been a producer for seven or eight years now like in uh kind of more marketing agency kind of um area but you know early on in my career like i fucked up a lot and it's super super daunting and it knocks your confidence <laughs> do you know what i mean and Um, it can be really miserable going into work the next few days after like a a fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Everyone? Oh, it's the fuck up guys back. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But we want to be able to kind of create like a low stakes place where people can kind of come in and. But you know what that is? That's shorts. Yeah. That's shorts. All we need is some,
1: some hedge fund, some rich guy to come along and give us a guaranteed pot every year saying, okay. 20 british filmmakers can make shorts they can fuck they can mess up i mean it has to be vetted yeah like it has to be curated with knowledgeable people yeah. when i say knowledgeable just other filmmakers who have made stuff get together pick a bunch of shorts and then those shorts be proof of concepts for, for for features and i really think shorts are the the key to everything i really really do yeah. that's how me and rob uh started to make features that and like prano bailey bond she made shorts like us for 10 years and then her first film sensor absolutely smashed out of the park absolutely brilliant so you have to in my mind do the shorts route first but where do you get money for shorts you can't just max out your credit cards that's not a repeatable thing you have to max out other people's credit cards. <laughs> that's what you need
0: to do. <laughs> that's brilliant. Don't max out your own credit card. Max out somebody <laughs> yeah. else's. Jed Shepard, twenty twenty three. That
1: exactly. Really. And that thing is that's what Sam Raimi did. Sam Raimi went to the woods with his mates mm. with his, with a bunch of credit cards, maxed them out, and made the evil dead. That's what we. That's what we have to do. Mm. Um, but there should be a there should be a better route in where uh, where you're invested in. We need to invest in in this industry much as i love the bfi the the money isn't going to the right places no. all you have to do right and and this information is publicly available check out all the films that they have um put money into in the last 20 years that all that information is on their website if you think yeah. if, if you look hard enough then filter it for which ones are horror movies mm. and then you'll see how much they invest in horror in horror movies yeah. Like it's barely anything, yeah. And and like much as I see all these smoke and mirrors uh, stuff about um, these schemes about investing in the, in the genre, mm. they we, hear, we see them announced, and we never see the end product of it, and, and nothing ever happens. Yeah. So I am, I'm not calling out the BFI because I think they do do good work, but I'm sure. just like they need to maybe be a little bit fairer when it comes, unless. Um, discriminatory towards horror mm. like have someone in there that is a that knows horror knows how to find good horror and select some horror scripts take a chance because i don't know how many films that bfi um, have made that have actually even broke even mm. i mean and they, and they, that's not their thing their thing is to make art but if we want a sustainable british film industry we need to start making a profit and the yeah. only way you could do that is superhero movies and and horror movies and you know, we're not going to make superhero movies, so let's make some horror movies.
0: Yeah, unless it's like the James Gunn style, like Brightburn or uh, or something like yeah, that.
1: But... We, we, yeah, we could do that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah I think you're bang on. Everything that you're saying is absolutely true. And I hope that we're moving that way. I feel like it's going to be happening, like, regardless of how anybody feels about any of the films uh of the last year. I personally am a big fan of you know 2022 and its horror films. You know, I think it's only a good thing. But those conversations are going to continue and continue and continue. Um yeah. And I think that you know I'm I'm sure you read about um uh the deal that uh the writer director is that is it Zach Krieger, uh yeah. made um you know there were people offering obscene sums of money you know having not even read the script and stuff like that. And you know obviously we wouldn't get that here but you know, people would hopefully be able to see that it's like, you know, horror is a viable commodity. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah,
1: you'd think so. And the thing is, every other country does mm. besides us. I, I I think the people with the purse strings, they look at the box office and they literally just gloss over the horror. No, 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 let's, let's go down to number... Oh, they're at number twenty-seven, that's a costume drama. Yeah. See, it's profitable. They miss the top twenty, which is like nearly all horror in terms of return investment. The the film that's made the most return investment mm. of all time is a horror movie, The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, like it it, it blows my mind the incompetence of the people who make these decisions. Yeah. Like I get it, you want to make art get to get your awards. That you you wanna you wanna put on a, a suit and go to an awards and yeah. hold up and make a speech about making some film about the. the, the um, the poor people in south london yeah. great great cool but how about making films for um the 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 rest of us That yeah. that because i mean we don't the people in london the broke people in london don't want to watch films about people like us we want to watch films that take us to another place yeah. that, that that lift us out of misery and and shows us a, a different world so um yeah yeah but you know, I bang around
0: about this thing I think, so often. Yeah. Um, but no, I can tell yeah. you, I can tell you, it means a lot to you. I can, yeah, like you know, really passionate yeah. about it, and yeah, I think we are we are going to be moving in that way. And I think, um, you know, you'll be you and you and Rob um, will be at the tip of the spear, I'm sure. Um,
1: well, we're bringing everyone with us as well. That's that's the thing, well, and, well, and that's why. Yeah, because I I always think that you know it's it's a lonely place to be if if. If you have some success and and like and there's no one else around you, and I I just want, I really really want British horror to be seen as like the world beater again. So so I I just want to try and 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 help people as much as I can and yeah. bring people with me on on this journey. Yeah. And it it, it comes. Well, we have to start supporting each other. We, yeah. we can't like I see on t- Twitter as a cesspool anyway, but when I see people's films uh say at fry fest people's films come out and other people other british filmmakers slag off yeah. your fellow british horror filmmakers films on twitter yeah. in front of people it makes me sick i get it you don't you, you don't have to like yeah. it but maybe not broadcast it out there and write bad reviews for other, like either don't write bad reviews yeah. either don't write it or, or just just don't say anything at mm. all just What's the point? Why put negativity out into the world? Yeah,
0: yeah I think people's come back to that as always. Well, I'm allowed my opinion. Of course you are. You are.
1: Of course you can, but you look like a dick <laughs> And 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 you are you are also reducing the chance of, of the, the of us getting a um a sustainable film industry. Yeah. People need to be able to make mistakes without fear of reprisal and fear of like yeah. people like slagging them off. Yeah um and everyone's gonna make a stinker mm. at some point you know but then just let them until one day they'll make something that you'll like
0: yeah you know? i mean i always kind of think like opinions and criticism are okay being a dick mm-hmm. yeah and there's
1: a fine or, line sometimes yeah i
0: just got one more question for you um if you could give like a, you know a writer who's just about to write their first script, or you know someone who's about to make their first film what what would you say to them
1: I would say make sure you know what's come before because if you don't know what's come before, then you don't know what to do. You, you don't know how to do what's next. Yeah. So I would say if it's, for example, if you're making a found footage film, you better know found footage films. Yeah. You need to watch all of the main ones. Just just type in top 20 found footage films. At least watch that. At least watch Blair Witch Project, yeah. Wreck, um, Paranormal Activity, Post, and and just see what people have done that people have liked and, you know, your own version of that like there's no there's no harm in that in fact host like we we just used the blair witch project as a template like everything about the blair witch project was the template for host and and like um parallel activity that template was ghost watch um so you know just see what's come before and then you'll be in a better position to write what what's next um also then this is the, the biggest piece of advice i would give to any filmmaker british or not is be kind to each other because there is no room there's no reason to be negative and and kindness is free and if you have the opportunity to be kind to someone just just do it because it will make their day especially in the film industry which is really cutthroat and you're surrounded by people who are trying to take you down stabbing in the back at all times like if you are the one person the, the lighthouse in the dark that is you know being a positive influence on people um you can you can do great things you could, and I don't see why other people don't do that.
0: Fucking A, man. I'm just i got nothing to add, that's beautiful. It was so great to talk to Jed. I learned a hell of a lot, and I hope that you guys did as well. Um, So interesting to hear how Salt came about. I'm glad that Jed is okay. Um, That sounded a little touch and go there for a second. Um, Amazing to hear about how Host was made. A 12-week turnaround. Um, That's just nuts uh, from start to finish. Uh, But also just amazing to chat and hear about Jed's passion for British horror, especially as he has been on that side of things where you know i haven't been and i would imagine that if you're listening to this podcast maybe you haven't been either so it to me it's incredible to kind of get that insight from somebody who really does have a uh an understanding of it from a business perspective but you know I, I, otherwise i'm just fired up like it, it's hard not to be um you know just feeling really motivated and kind of just like i've got some gas in the tank after after that conversation and you know, I am really optimistic about British horror and making my own stuff. It just makes me want to go out there and, um, and, and get some stuff made. And I think it's really important to kind of just take that chance. You know, imagine if uh, Jed and Rob uh, and Gemma just hadn't got in touch with each other and never made Host or Dashcam or anything like that. You know, lo- look at what they're all doing now. They've all got ridiculously good careers, all off of a tweet. You know, essentially. Um, so, you know, think about that for a second. Like, just just take that chance. Reach out to that person that you want to work with. Make that short. Write that script. You know, p- pick up that skill that maybe you're missing or that you th- the thing that you think that you need that you don't have right now. It is honestly so fulfilling. Just also, you know, a- a- above anything else. It is amazing just to have that sense of achievement of actually having you know made something um so so go get it you know if if you're thinking like oh, i'm not good enough i'm not ready i don't have enough skill yet or or that person maybe won't want to work with me or something like that fuck all that don't worry about it right because the way that you get good is just doing it it's just starting small just do something anything do you know what i mean it doesn't matter what it is as as long as we're doing something, do you know what I mean? And I know it's scary. It's tough. It can be hard to take that leap. But it's, it's the only way that we're going to move forward as filmmakers, as creatives, um, you know, both professionally and personally. Um, so just, you know, get get out there. Just do do the thing that's been in the back of your mind for a little while that you've been thinking about. That you, that you kind of wish you had started doing a little while ago. Go, 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 go. Go do it now. And I want to hear from you on how it's going. Um, you know, if if you're waiting for somebody to kind of come and knock on your door and, you know, hire you or get you that job or, you know, a sign or anything like that, it might not be coming. So you just have to go and do it. Right. Take this as that sign. Th- this is the sign that you need to do that thing that you've been wanting to do. Um, you know... Uh, I I did say, like, uh, midway through the podcast, like, you know, not a plug for London Horror Society um, when Jed was, uh, you know, saying about the the kind of stuff that we're doing, but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you to kind of come and check us out. We've got a great, great group of filmmakers and horror fans who just love horror. We just want to work together, make stuff, help each other succeed. And this year is going to be bonkers. Now, I, I hate the whole big things come in uh, and then nothing comes. But so, you know, at risk of being a complete hypocrite. Um, but, you know, I will say that this year we have some really, really exciting plans that are filmmaker kind of focused. Uh, things that are going to kind of help you up your game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, just come come check it out. Um, we're, we're announcing a few things in the next few weeks, um, about things that are going on in April and May. So even if you don't want to sign up to pro do sign up to the mailing list so that you get all of the information, uh, about all of these, uh, kind of events and activities that we're going to have going on, because I don't want you to miss out and they are going to be pretty cool. Just come along, just do the, just do the thing. And we're going to talk a little bit more about just do the thing. Uh, towards the end of season one and, and, and kind of what that means. Um, because I think that is that is some advice that we do get every now and then. Uh, and, I, and I kind of want to contextualize it, but that will be in a few weeks as we start to take a bit of a look back at season one and let you guys know what we are planning for season two. Uh, so, you know, it's all going on at um, London Horror Society HQ and we're really excited about it. Um, honestly, just uh, totally buzzing. Buzzing to be doing this. Uh, working with the team over at LHS and um, you know, hopefully seeing a bit more of, uh, of you guys. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Um, thank you so much again to Jed Shepherds Really appreciate him being so generous with his time. We will be back next Friday when we speak with Michael Levy, co-producer and assistant director of last year's Terrifier 2. Until then, stay weird, stay spooky, keep up the good work. We'll